0: Look with me, if you would, in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, the 20th chapter. I, we're we're going to begin a new series this uh, morning. Are you okay with that? You ready? I feel like you, you became convinced that you have eternal life. Huh? I mean, we can't. You might say, well, what is What is that? We just finished a multi-week series on it, um, Eternal Life. If you, didn't, if you weren't here, uh, get it. Go, go back in the back and check on it. You can get hard copies if you want, but these days, uh, easiest and quickest, just go to the website and it won't cost you a thing. Not a thing. You can watch it all, listen to it all, download it, uh, and uh, it, it will deliver you from the fear of death. Hmm? If you know. That you have eternal life and will never die, <laughs> even though your body dies, you won't die. Then uh, it just delivers you from the fear of death. But this uh, this kind of goes into it. There's a connection here, and I've been looking at this for. Uh, I didn't just decide last night to start on this. I've been looking at this for quite a while. But uh, it is one of the most significant things you could talk about. Of course. Eternal life is too. I mean, can you find some unimportant things in the Bible? I don't think so. But uh, the Lord quickens to us what we need at the time. And so I believe this is timely. Proverbs 20 and verse 27. Proverbs 20 and 27, it says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Read that out loud with me. How about it? Together. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Um, One of the greatest things you could ever learn is how to hear from God. I became convinced as a teenager, as a 15, 16 year old boy, that if I could learn how to hear from God, I had it made. A few years later now, I know it's true. I know it's true. If you can learn how to hear from God and you've made up your mind you'll listen to him. You'll obey him. You'll do what he directs you to do. You got it made. He's got a plan for your life. It's a good plan. And even though there'll be some challenges along the way, if you're in the path you're supposed to be on, there's grace and power and wisdom to overcome every one of them. And you can, you can run your whole race and finish your course with joy. You can shout as you leave here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Not going out with a whimper, but with a shout. Amen. <laughs> but this is so big in learning how to hear from God. In learning how to hear from God, you, need to, you and I need to understand what he is and what we are. What is man? What is man? I mean, that's the <laughs> that's the source material for countless books on philosophy and anthropology, biology, all themologies. But what is man? Is man a highly evolved animal? No. Hmm? Much of the, much of the world believes that, that we are just a highly, evo- now I don't know if you notice or not, but the evolutionists have had to change their belief. They, they no longer say we are direct descendants from apes. It's not working out for them. <laughs> the science is not. They, they, they saying, well, that's one of our multiple ancestors, It doesn't work, because it ain't so. They'll be changing it again a few years from now. We are not a highly evolved animal. The reason there are shared characteristics in anatomy or physiology or biology is because the same God that created us created them. Hmm? And the physical part of us is created out of the same dirt. But that's just your body. That's just the shell or the house that you and I live in on this earth. You are much more than a body. And a lot of times people will jump in there and go, Well, I know I got a brain. And isn't it amazing that these few pounds of gray matter have created and produced all of the art and music and architecture in the world. Are you kidding me? A few pounds of tissue did not create all that. Your brain is simply the physical organ that your mind Expresses itself through. Your mind is not physical. You can't see a mind under a a microscope. When When they're seeing the electrochemical synapses in the brain, you're just seeing the effects of the mind. And here's the amazing thing if your brain was removed and destroyed, You still have your mind. Your mind was not touched. But in this physical realm, you need a physical organ to express the spiritual part of your being through. You're not just a brain and a body. You're a spirit. Eternal spirit. We, we barely know what we are. And so all this creativity that people talk about and all these amazing things, that didn't come out of a few pounds of gray matter. It came out of the spirit and the mind of human beings, which is both are unseen, unseen, unseen. Look with me in. hold your place here. And look over in uh, 1 Peter. Actually, they'll put it on the screen for us. You don't have to turn there. Uh, What is it? Let's see. 1 Peter 3 and uh, 3 and 4. 1 Peter 3, 3 verse 3. It it, it says, don't let the adorning be that of the outward. Everybody say outward. Outward. Of the plaiting hair, wearing of gold, or putting on of apparel. Verse 4 but let it be the hidden man of the heart. Everybody say hidden man hidden. Of, the of the heart. He said uh, in that which is not corruptible. We, we know the, the outward man is, uh, it ages, is subject to decay, corruption, but not the inner man. The inner man is not subject to aging or decay. It is incorruptible, the hidden man of the heart. What does that mean, hidden man? Well, you can't see it from the outside. It's not material. It's not physical. This is one of the things, you know, those who study, oh, what's the field? I'm, I don't have the word right now, but um, physics and other things, um, many people believe in multiple dimensions scientists that you cannot see many believe in you know 10 dimensions beyond that many of the brightest minds in our modern world they they're fully convinced that things exist in dimensions that are not physical and therefore are undetectable with anything in the physical and this the bible teaches God is spirit. Hallelujah. And you and I have been created from him. And we are also spirits. Angels are spirits. Evil spirits are obviously spirits. Spirits. You can't see a spirit with your physical eye. You can't hear a spirit with your physical ear. You can't touch a spirit with your physical hand. You remember Jesus said after he was raised from the dead... They, uh, the disciples saw him die. They saw him on the cross. They heard him say, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit, huh? spirit. 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 And so he, he gave up the ghost, the Bible said. Well, that same word translated spirit. He gave up the spirit. That means he exhaled for the last time. And his spirit left his body. Or he left his body is also accurate. And then when he appeared, you remember after he'd been raised from the dead, he appeared to them and they were shocked and alarmed and thought they were seeing a spirit. Anybody remember that? Thought they were seeing a spirit. And you know what he said? He said, handle me. Because a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone as you see me have just a spirit without a body. So he had picked up his body Mm -hmm. when he he was raised from the dead and his body was changed. And to prove it to him further, he says, do you have anything to eat? (laughs) They said, yeah, we got some honeycomb. We got some this and that. He said, give me some. And fish. He ate it. In front of them, which is, is that good news? That you still get to eat Amen. with your glorified body? <laughs> that was worse some folks coming out today just right there. Still get to eat. But if you don't believe in something you can't see, something that is undetectable in the physical material world, then you just don't believe in God. And that's pitiful. That's pitiful ignorance. Because, you know, even those, like I said, even those who study uh, physics and those things, they believe. They're convinced of dimensions that exist that you can't see. Why? Because when you get into true science, real science, it agrees with the Bible. If it doesn't agree with the Bible, it's not real science. Can't, it's either true or it's not. So in, in learning how to hear from God, look at that verse again in Proverbs 20. What is the candle of the Lord? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now he's not talking about You you. Your stomach. He's talking about the core of your being. Now, this also is referred to as heart. Um, We're we're getting into quite a a study here, but I'll just caution you beforehand. The word um, soul, for instance, or life is translated some 28 different times, different ways. In the same King James Bible, it's whew, it's a tangle. Uh, they weren't consistent, and it's because of this lack of understanding of what man is. Um, the words "spirit and "soul are not interchangeable. They're not the same thing. And the Bible talks about heart, and it talks about, you know, mind and understanding. I'm believing for more revelation. Will you believe with me? I see a few things, but I'm believing. How many believe it's all here in the Word? It's, it's, it's right here. It's right here. But we must not just take what somebody else imagined and take their you know definition of it. We need to go direct to the Word itself. And in the reason I'm bringing it up, you'll have to go to Like a concordance or dictionary or some really good uh, literal translation like Young's or something to get it right, to get it consistent. Because elsewise, if you just look at a concordance, you'll think you're looking at soul and you're not. You're looking at life or you may be looking at spirit. It's translated all these different ways. And uh, Anyway, the spirit of man. Is the candle of the Lord. Let me read some other translations to you. The complete complete Jewish Bible says it like this The human spirit is the lamp of Adonai, it searches one's inmost being. That's the complete Jewish Bible. The human spirit is a lamp of Adonai, it searches one's inmost being. Uh, The W.E.B. says, the spirit of man is Yahweh's lamp searching all his inmost parts. Now back then, they didn't have electricity. They didn't have lamps like we do or light bulbs. They had candles. And candles was what you used to illuminate your house, your room at night when the sun went down. That was pretty much it. And so if you wanted to go into somewhere dark and light it up, you didn't grab a flashlight. You couldn't turn on the wall switch. You you used a candle or multiple candles. We we still use some of that terminology today. uh, Candle power. Candela. You know, Um, it goes back to that. But we'd probably say instead of candle, we don't use candles as much. We use them more just for a scent or something, you know. This, this is talking about lighting something up that was dark. And so you could say it like this. The, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, like he said, or the light. It's, it's what God uses to illuminate us. Our own spirit It's what God uses to enlighten us. Can you see that? And so in order to hear from God, you need to know what part of your being he's going to communicate with you through. Huh? If Rob said, Brother Keith, I'm going to call you two o'clock this afternoon. And I was expecting his call. Should I go stand beside the refrigerator? <laughs> huh? He he not he's not going to call me through the refrigerator. Right? right. <laughs> uh at least not yet. I mean <laughs> maybe soon, right, you know? <laughs> but uh why well, he's going to call me through the phone. So um uh, I need to know that's how it's going to come. So I don't need to have my ear up to the refrigerator. Now this sounds humorous. But what part of our being does God enlighten us through? Not your head. Not your head. Your your spirit is not your head. Anybody remember the, the scripture says, trust in the Lord. We'll put it up on the screen. What is it? Proverbs 3, 5. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. heart. Now that's not your physical blood pump. You can't trust God with your physical blood pump anymore. You can trust God with your kidney. Or with a lung. The word heart here, we use it the same way today as he's referring to here. The heart Of a watermelon. The heart of an oak tree. What is the heart of an oak tree? It's the center. It's the core. It's the part you can't see from the outside. The hidden man of the heart. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. heart, Your inner being. Your spirit's part of that. And lean not to what? your own understanding most of the world does not understand this and so they make their decisions with their understanding they make their plans they make their decisions all with the understanding of their intellect most people live like that they uh, even you know highly intelligent people they they research they analyze they deduce, they look at, um, you know, percentages and analysis and, and even use computers and come to the best, you know, decision. You cannot come to the best decision with your understanding or with a whole block of supercomputers. Supercomputers are only as good as what's put in them. And where'd that stuff come from? People with imperfect understanding. And what do you know? You are the supercomputer. Know about the future. I mean, who foresaw this uh, coronavirus pandemic? Who foresaw that? Oh, people talked about it, but no. And when? And its effects. But the one we serve sees the end from the beginning. His his wisdom and his knowledge is unsearchable what he knows. He knows it all. There's some people who think they know it all, but they don't. But the spirit who lives in you, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God, he really does know it all. And he wants to show you some things. He wants to tell you some things. Didn't Jesus say the Spirit of God would lead you and guide you into all truth? Didn't he say he would bring to your remembrance everything the Lord had said and he would even show you things to come. You can't get that out of your understanding or somebody else's understanding. I don't care how brilliant they are. It's just not there. I know one, uh, one time I was uh, Needing to make some big decisions, I uh, I knew it was very important that I got this right for the ministry, and uh, I was I, I was sitting in the chair thinking, 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 <laughs> and uh, I'd just been quiet, so thinking about all the possible ramifications and effects of this and. You know, what a disaster it'd be if you get it wrong and, and just just looking at these things and thinking and I had been doing this off and on for weeks and uh, just like that, the Spirit of God, He is so smart. He's so amazing. He can't, He's in you all the time, but you don't have to listen to Him. You, don't have, you can ignore Him all the time and He won't force you to listen to Him. The enemy will try to force you. The Holy Spirit won't. You have to yield you have to yield to him. You have to invite him. You have to ask. And so uh, the Spirit of God just like that. He showed me somebody at one of these uh, file cabinets. And they, they had the drawer out, and it was full of these, you know, manila uh, file folders and they were going through them and going through them and they pulled them all out and they looked and looked and, and obviously didn't find what they're looking at so they, they put them back in and, and then they, they started over again and, and they just kept going through the cabinet and going through all the files and going through the files and the Lord said to me, if you go through the files, you know 150 times and you don't see what you're looking for, what might you conclude? It's not there. What you're looking for is not there. And I saw just like that. That's what I was doing with my mind. I was going through what I knew, what I understood, and then I'd go through it again. And then I'd go through it again. And I'm looking for the answer in my understanding. And what I was looking for, I could have looked another 10,000 times and not found it. Why? 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 It's not there. There's a whole lot of what you're looking for in your head is not there. It's just not there. It's not there. And the Spirit of God quickened to me. He said, don't just think. Pray. Don't just think. Pray. Quit just thinking and going through those files again and again and again. Start praying. Well, how am I going to pray about what I don't know? Oh, thank God for praying in the Holy Spirit. And did you notice the language in 1 Corinthians 14 says, for if I pray with the Spirit. Did you hear that? If I pray with the Spirit, my understanding's unfruitful. So he distinguishes between the understanding and the spirit. There's too much reliance, even amongst the people of God. Too much reliance on the understanding. Too much reliance on reasoning and logic and research. If Rob's going to call me, I don't stand by the refrigerator with my ear up against the refrigerator. Phyllis says, What are you doing? I said, Rob said he's going to call me. (laughs) Yeah, but he can't call you through the refrigerator. Well, if God's going to talk to you, how does he talk to you? God's not just a mind, God's not just a giant brain, God's a spirit. Is that right? You're a spirit. He's going to communicate to you. By his spirit. Through. Your spirit. And if that's the case. I need to be aware. Of my own spirit. And be able to distinguish. Between that. My heart, my spirit, and my head. I need to be able to distinguish. Between my head. My understanding, my reasoning, my intellect, and my heart. Big difference. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You you don't believe with your mind, you believe with your heart. You don't trust with your mind, you trust with your heart. Faith is not intellectual, it's spiritual. And the reason I'm talking about this is you'll see in our society, billions upon billions are spent on the development of the human body in athletics. And billions upon billions are spent on the development of the mind, the intellect. But for the most part, (laughs) society completely ignores the spirit. And that is the most important part of your being. It's the part you commune with God through. Is this important, saints? Do you want to learn how to hear from God? Clearly. Distinctly. For sure. Do we must quit trying to reach him with our reasoning? We must stop trying to commune with him through our physical senses. And learn to listen with our heart and commune and respond with our spirit. Go with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians. Second chapter. Well, I'm I'm moving too quick. Proverbs 20, we were there. Back up to verse 5. I wanted you to notice this before we got away. Counseled where Where? In the head of man? Uh Uh-uh. In the heart of man. It's like deep water. It's down in you. Deep. But a man of understanding, if somebody understands who they are, what they are, what God is, how he communes with us, a man of understanding will do what? Draw Draw it out. Draw what out? Well, what kind of counsel would this be? This is not just the counsel of men. This is spiritual counsel. This would be the counsel of God. If God is in you. Anybody desire any godly counsel? How many believe that no matter what situation you're in, you get some counsel from God, you're going to know what to do. Where is it at? This godly counsel, this wisdom, it's down in you and you got to learn how to tap into it, how to draw it out like a person drawing out, you know, the the old water wells, they didn't have electric pumps and so you'd get you a a bucket and a rope and if you were, you know, better off, you'd have a pulley. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking to? These young folks looking at me like, what in the world are you... You just turn the faucet on. No, there was a time, honey child, when there were no faucets. That's right. <laughs> so to get the water, you had a bucket. And the water was deep down in the well. And so you couldn't reach it with your arms and your hands. You couldn't, and you dare not climb down in there because you probably wouldn't get out. So what do you do? You lower the bucket down. <laughs> my brother and I would stay with my grandparents Uh, after school my both my parents worked and uh they they didn't have indoor plumbing and uh my grandma would send me to go get some water and i'd go out to the well and uh it was dark down there you couldn't see because you imagine you know kids and you're uh, you're always you know i'm sure we threw some stuff in there we shouldn't have thrown in there (laughs) what are you laughing about and uh so then, sometimes I'd, I'd I'd put the bucket in. And I'd just you know let the rope go because I want to hear it hit the bottom. So it goes, it's deep. So you didn't hear anything for a little bit, and then pow, splash. So then you you try to get it to dip over on the side. You can tell when you start pulling it up if it's heavy. Then you got you got water. Pull it all the way up to the top. Take it out. Pour it in the other bucket. Or... The Bible says that's how the counsel of God is. Down inside us. So it's not on the surface with our intellect. Come on, can you see this? It's not just figuring it out with your head, regardless of how smart, bright you may think you are. You can't get that from being bright in the head. You draw it out. Well, first of all, you'd have to believe it's down there. <laughs> right? And you'd have to believe you can get to it and get it out. And I'll just jump ahead a little bit. One thing that's key in this is praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Praying in other tongues. And doing it in faith. Lord, I'm asking you for understanding and direction and wisdom on this. I know you already know. You don't have to figure it out. I'm asking you. Yeah. And you, you, you pray a prayer in your understanding. You pray a prayer of faith. You don't just beg. You say, Lord, I, I believe I receive it. Now, Holy Spirit, help me pray about this. Beyond what I know. And you start praying in tongues. Start praying in the Spirit. And you, you can sense reaching down in. Reaching down. Down inside you. We're a lot bigger inside than we know. Well, the Bible said the, we, the fullness of God is in us. Right. That messes with your concept <laughs> of physics right there. Now that, sometimes I thought I was only a couple of feet by a few inches. Now, spiritually, it's another dimension. How can the Holy Spirit be inside me? When it get crowded in there? <laughs> Must be a lot of room. Are y'all okay? Yes. Huh? Yes. Do we need a different subject? Yes. Hope not. This is it. First Corinthians. <laughs> First Corinthians two and verse nine. I need to back up a little bit further in this chapter. Thank you, Lord. I would ask you, like I'd already said to believe with me in this series for years I said that wrong for decades I've been believing for revelation in this area I know that what I see and understand what I've heard others talk about it barely covers the bottom of the thimble (laughs) compared to what there is to be known about this and we don't need to know it all right now but we do need to know how to commune with God don't we? we? We need to know how to hear from Him and how to get what we need out of what He's made available. In first Corinthians, the second chapter, excuse me, I lost my place. Uh, he said in verse uh, 6, He said, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world nor the princes of this world that come to nothing. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. What does God understand? What does he know? What does he see? We need to remind ourselves of this repeatedly. The one we're praying to, the one we're talking to, what he sees and knows. It has no limitations. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now this shows you without question that the devil is in no way a remote match to God's understanding. He didn't even know what was happening. He didn't even realize he was destroying himself until it was over or he never would have pushed them to crucify the Lord. The greater one is inside you and greater is he that's in you than the lesser one who's against you. So if the greater one's inside you, then the devil must be the dumber one. Huh? Now I know he knows some things, but I'm talking about, you know, maybe compared to you, he might seem brilliant. But compared to the Holy Spirit, he ain't Ned in the first reader. (laughs) None of the princes of this world knew it, for had they known it. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So they didn't have enough understanding. And that's one thing about it. Rebellion and sin blind you. Pride blinds you. And they got all that working against them. Verse, verse 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them That love him. A lot of people will quote this and they stop. They just stop and go. Yep. Nobody knows. Nobody. No. Read the next verse. Read the next verse. But. God. Has what? Revealed them. Them what? The things I hadn't seen. And ear hadn't heard. The things hadn't entered into the heart of man. God has revealed them to us. By his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. There's that word deep again. How deep does knowledge and wisdom and understanding run inside of God? (laughs) I assure you, you can't see the bottom. Verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man save the what? What? The spirit of man, which is in him, even so the things of God knows no man, but the spirit of God. So again, we see this contact between his spirit and our spirit. His spirit is aware of and searches all the deep things of God. Our spirit is in contact with his spirit. So then we have potential access to all that he knows, to all that he sees. Now, we're, we're never going to see in this lifetime all he sees and knows. I, I don't think we could handle it. But um, that's why, you know, the, the manifestations of the spirit, listen to how they're termed, the word of knowledge. Not even a chapter of knowledge. Just a word. Not, not even a sentence. The word of wisdom. The word, What does that mean? The spirit of God is giving you a tiny part of what he knows. A word. But old friend, a word from him in season is all you need to come out victorious. And we should be getting these supernatural Words of wisdom, words of knowledge in life as we need them. That's not just for preachers or ministers. That's for every child of God. Every child of God. But it does not come through reasoning. It's revelation. It's not something you figured out. It's something God showed you. See, if you figured it out through reasoning, you can take credit for it. You can pat yourself on the back about how smart you are. But if you didn't figure it out and you didn't even have a clue where to look and God showed it to you and you went, oh, that's what it is. I'd have never found that on my own. Then who gets the glory? God gets the glory, which is just reality. Keep reading. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know, now, 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 again, do you see how wrong it is for people to quote that verse and say, uh, I hadn't seen, ear hadn't heard, hadn't entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for them that love him. And you stop right there and go, yeah, we just don't know. We just don't know. No, read the next verses. He gave us the spirit so we would know. He's revealing these things that nobody ever saw or figured out to us by his wonderful Holy Spirit. He wants to show us things. He wants to reveal things to us that your eye without him would never see. Your ear without him would never hear. Your heart without him would never be able to understand. But by a manifestation of his spirit within you, all at once you know it. All at once you see it. All at once you understand it. Can you say glory to God? God. Oh, should we pay attention to who's inside us? What's inside us? Should we quit spending so much time up here between our ears and start looking in a different place? (laughs) God gave us a mind. We're to use it. We're not to trust it and rely on it for all our decisions and directions. He said, uh, The Spirit, which is of God, has been given to us that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Do you want to find out and know and understand and know how to appropriate and live in and walk in all the wonderful things God has freely given to you? Yes, sir. Yes. Amen. That's one of the big reasons He gave us the Spirit, because He knew we would need help finding that out. Which things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, or Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Keep reading. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. The the natural-minded man that doesn't believe in God and not, not born again or even a so-called believer that says they don't believe in the things of the Spirit, same kind of thing, uh, cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. Jesus said concerning the Holy Spirit, He said the world cannot receive Him. Doesn't know Him, doesn't see Him, can't receive Him. Why? Because they don't believe in Him. They're not open to Him. They're not receptive to Him. And the things we're talking about in here in this morning, to a lot of people who think they're so smart, They think this is just rubbish. They think this is superstitious junk. But they're the ignorant ones. It's true. This is either real or it's not. Hmm? Having walked with the Lord for a few years, nobody could tell me it's not real. huh? Every bit of direction we got to start a church, to do a project, to take a step, to reach people, uh, what to preach on every time we get up, what to do, what kind of answer, everything, we look to him who is inside us. We trust him to show us. We endeavor to distinguish between what we think and what anybody else thinks and said, what is he giving us inside here? And when you've heard from him, you got it. Come on, everybody say, do you know what I'm talking about? You got it. You got it. I didn't say the enemy wouldn't try to resist you, but God's bigger than the enemy. And if you'll step out and do what he told you to do, do it the way he told you to do it, you will not fail. He always causes us to triumph. He said, natural man though, natural minded, he thinks this is all foolishness. You hear people, it's not funny, but you hear people, you know, uh, jerking around and talking about Holy Ghost, this and that, and making fun and mocking and making fun of us, talking in tongues. Uh, They don't realize how stupidly they're acting. Mm -hmm. This is holy. This is real. This is wonderful. We can't control what everybody thinks and says, but we can show it respect. They can see it in our eyes, they can hear it in our words. You never mock the things of the Spirit. Hmm? Never. You never treat it like it's trivial and and nothing. It's the most wonderful thing you could talk about. It's your answer to every issue in life. It's your help in every every challenge. He said, "Uh, it's foolishness to them though, and they can't know it. Because these things are what? Mentally discerned emotionally discerned physically discerned See, that's why they think it's foolish because the only thing they try to discern with is their brain or their feelings or their you know their senses you know or their emotions and that's not how you discern them if that's all you are aware of then you'll think this doesn't exist they are what spiritually Discern. Come on, somebody said out loud God is, God is a spirit. He created us. He created us. I'm a, spirit. I'm a spirit. The spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. Is a spirit. His spirit, is a spirit. communicates, communicates with, my spirit, with my spirit, which enlightens which my understanding. My understanding. Understand. Hallelujah. 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 The spirit is first. You know, one way you can tell lack of revelation is people, the priority they quote uh, if they try to refer to parts of the human being. They'll say uh, body, soul, and spirit. That's incorrect. The scripture says spirit, soul, and body. But see, being body-minded, you'll put the body first. Or you'll put the mind. No, it's not body, soul, and spirit. It is spirit, soul, and body. Keep keep reading. Well, I didn't read this. He that spiritual judges. Now, this word judge, it would be good if you you, uh, translate it discern. And a lot of your, uh, I mean, it means the same thing. But when we hear judge, sometimes your mind goes off on a tangent. He that spiritual discerns. Or detects or differentiates all things. Yet he himself is discerned of no man. Spiritual people can see a lot of things about you that you may or may not want them to know. (laughs) But unspiritual people will not see things about spiritual people. That's what he's talking about. But who has known for who has known the mind of the Lord? That he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. And we get it through this spirit connection. The mind of Christ. Oh praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Go to Romans 8 in closing. Romans 8. Boy I did not get very far in my notes today. But that's all right. I believe the Lord helped us just like we asked him to. Go to Romans 8, please. Actually, I won't take time to, to read it, but in the seventh chapter previous, this wasn't written in chapter and verse, but it's all together. In the seventh chapter of Romans, he kept talking about the inward man. The inward man. In verse 22, I'll just read it, Romans 7, 22, He said, I delight in the law of God after what? Amen. The inward man. And he was distinguishing between his flesh and his inward man. He was finding that his flesh would want to do things that was contrary to what his inward man wanted to do. His inward man wanted to do what God wanted him to do. Uh, what the Lord said was good and right, then his flesh would want to do things that was contrary to that. Every one of us know about that. Inward man, outward man, not the same. And in chapter uh, uh, 8, verse 1, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after what? The flesh... But after the spirit. Now, if you've heard that a lot, you've got to watch because you'll think, well, I know that. I've heard that a bunch. Just because you've heard it a bunch doesn't mean you know what it's talking about. What does it mean walking after the flesh or walking after the spirit? That's, it's talking about what part of your being dominates your life. What part of your being you're most conscious and aware of. If you're most conscious of your body and what you feel, and your appetites, and what you want, and what you desire, then you're flesh dominated, and you walk, you follow those desires, you walk after the flesh. Or you can just be mostly aware of your intellect, and your thinking, and your reasoning, and your imaginings, and the same thing, that's part of the, you know, the mind of the flesh. But you can be aware of your spirit. And that's where God is. That's where the Holy Spirit is. You can be more aware of that than you are your body or your intellect. And you follow that more than you do body or mind. Keep keep reading. He said, uh, well, uh, for time's sake. Go go to verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do what? Mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit They mind the things of the spirit. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. This explains why so many people are so unhappy. And so disappointed. And so dissatisfied. If all you think about. It's what your flesh wants. You're going to be miserable. If all you think about. The selfishness and self-centered. Is what I want. What I want to feel. What I want to see. What I want to do. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. Pride of life. It works death in you. It works death in you. But to be spiritually minded. Aware of God who's in you. Letting the love of God that's been shed abroad in your heart motivate you. Aware of what God wants. Aware of what he is enabling you to do for other people and helping them. You can get so occupied in that. You tend to forget about yourself. That is life and peace. You're not disgruntled and unhappy about what you don't have, what you can't do, what you don't know. You're not minding that. You are spiritually minded and the result of that is quickening life and peace. You can tell how spiritual or how carnal you are by how depressed, sad, mad, whatever you are versus peace and joy. It depends on wh- where's your mind. What's it focused on? Is it focused on the outside, or is it focused on the inside? Now, skip on down to the uh, the fourteenth fourteenth verse of this same chapter of Romans. Romans eight. Well. Uh, Back up to verse 13. If you live after the flesh. You'll die. That doesn't just mean you quit breathing and fall over. He already said. To be carnally minded is death. It just works death in you. The Bible talks about people that are dead while they live. But if you through the spirit. Do mortify the deeds of the body. You shall live. Say this out loud. I don't have to be. I purpose not to be. Flesh dominated. Flesh dominated. Intellect dominated. Intellect dominated. I, don't I don't have to be carnal. I'm a spiritual person. A spiritual person. <laughs> what makes a spiritual person? You're mindful of the spirit of God inside you. You're focused not just on the outside and feelings. You're focused on the inside. You got, you're lowering that bucket on a regular basis. <laughs> right? And drawing up some things. And getting things from God, praying in the spirit, meditating on the word, hearing from God about why you're here, why you're still alive, why I've still got some years left, hearing about what to do with them, what graces and gifts and abilities I have that can help other people, that can help the church, that can help the kingdom advance. You get focused in that, spiritually minded, you'll have life and peace and joy. But if all you do is sit around and think about how people nobody cares about you and they won't come see you and you don't have this and you don't have that and you can't do that, you're going to be miserable. Miserable. He said, if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if through the Spirit you mortify the deeds of the body, you'll live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are... The sons of God. And the idea is maturing ones. Growing up from just being a baby. You're learning how to be led. For we've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. One of the biggest contrasts from being led by the spirit is being led by fear. Worst thing you and I could do is act on a fear. It can open the door to the destroyer in your life. Don't act on a fear. Act on faith by the leading of the spirit. Verse 16. The spirit itself. Now, I don't like that translation. If you look at other translations, it says himself. The word means himself. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. With what part of our being? The Spirit of God. I want you to say that one out loud with me. The Spirit of God, the Spirit Spirit Himself himself bears witness witness with my spirit spirit that I am am a child of God. God. Another translation says, the weast translation says, the spirit himself is constantly bearing joint testimony with our human spirit that we are God's children. If I asked you, are you saved? Are you born again? Are you a child of God? What would you say? Huh? I'm almost done. Can you hold on just a little bit longer? Huh? Huh? If I said, are you a child of God? How many of you would say yes? Yes. Yes. How do you know? I gave you the answer before we we asked the question. How do you know? How do you know? You know, there's a song, an old song that we sing. You ask me how I know he lives. Anybody remember that song? He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. You ask me how I know he lives, what he lives in my heart. Well, that's accurate. Why? Because when your spirit would say, I am saved, somebody else inside you speaks up and goes, that's right. Somebody else inside you confirms it. You have a witness inside you that's more than you. A confirming joint witness, a witnessing with in my heart, because I've met him, I've been born again, and my spirit, my spirit says, Yes, I know, I'm, I know I'm saved. I know I met him. I know I'm born again. And the Holy Spirit inside you goes, That's right. You are. It ain't just me or your brother confirming it. It's the Holy Spirit of God confirming it. Not a voice, not a feeling, but a witness. Everybody say witness, a witness, a witness. Now here's the amazing thing. If he can let you know you're a child of God, why can't he let you know something else? Huh? Like who to marry, who not to marry, where to invest, where not to invest, where to work, where not to work. Why can't he let you know, if he can let you know you're a child of God, why can't he let you know something else? When we identify that witness, the same witness that causes us to know we're saved and we learn how to listen to that, we're learning how to listen to him you can learn how to be spirit-led in even the small affairs of life. Can you say amen? amen? The Lord will take your spirit like a candle or lamp and use it to lead and guide you through this dark world. Stand on your feet, everybody.